This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into a what I would like to call a celebration day of spits and suds. He's two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds, the hockey podcast that we're so grateful that you listen to. And and Craig, in just a short time, is going to be heading to the Sergei Zuboff ceremony as his number, rightfully so, goes up into the the rafters. How you feeling today, Craig? Oh, I'm feeling fine. It's just a. It'll be a good day. Great night for uh, Zuby, obviously, and um, first and foremost with him. And you know, and the other thing is, is to see the guys. I mean, Mo's going to be there, and Hatcher, and Holly, and Belfour, and you know, so Sean Chambers and. Daryl Sador, uh, I think Beaker is going to be here too. It sounds like so. You know that I think that's the. I don't want to say the best part about this because it's always great to have these guys honored for what they did. And let's be honest, what they what they these guys got you, <laughs> which yeah. are championships. And um, but you know it's it and that'll be that'll be something. But the initial part when we first get down there. Uh, about four o'clock or whatever it is this afternoon and to be able to see everybody and have a beer together and and it almost let, let's get this jersey thing over with let's see it go up there as quick as possible so we can get back to what we're really good at and that's the after party <laughs> stuff <laughs> that, that'll be my thing i'm gonna ask them if they can speed up that that pulley <laughs> system or whatever it is let's get it up there and let's get get this shit over with so all right but before i forget i gotta get this off my chest i was I was walking the dog and thinking about this, and I know you. It can't. It, it shouldn't come from you. It needs to come from people like me. The 20th anniversary of the Stanley Cup came and went, and there was no celebration. Felt. Oh, I, don't get me going on this. You I know. Get I, it going? No, 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 no. You don't have to say a thing. This is me. All right. I'm expressing my opinion, and then we can laugh and move on and stuff like that. But I'm very passionate about this, Craig. 20 years come and gone and there was no celebration and I understand COVID and everything like that, but you need to celebrate what this team brought to this city and basically energized hockey in the city of Dallas, Fort Worth and brought it to where it is today. I also want to say to stars fans that listen to this as they make their way to the game, please cheer as loud as you can, not just for Sergei Zuboff, and I know you can't say this, Craig, but I'm going to say it to the players that that walk onto the ice. They're special. They did a lot for the community. What they accomplished can never be forgotten. 
And I want loud cheers for you, Craig. And I want loud cheers for Mike Madonna. And I want loud cheers for every former Stars player, every former Stars coach, exec that walks onto the ice. This is a special night, and it should be celebrated by the Dallas-Fort Worth sports fans. That's it. Well, you said it. You said it. I agree with it. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I think you're right. I think the one thing that all, a lot of us have, um, you know, and not everybody stays in Dallas and, and has been here since day one. Um, you know, I think we're, I think we're all proud of, of what has been, um, accomplished by the organization from, you know, that night, what was it? 93 year, whatever it was when we first got here, um, you know, on, on to what we see now in youth hockey and, I'm lucky I'm still involved. Well, some days I think I am, some days I don't know if I'm lucky, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm still involved and, you know, we've got a good program with our stars elite program and there's a lot of other, uh, good youth programs here. And I think a lot of that has to do with Norm green. I hope he's here tonight. I didn't see his name. Um, but I'm sure it's on there somewhere. I hope Norm is here. He's the guy that bottom line has had the balls to pull the trigger, uh, from the move from Minnesota to Dallas and, you know, and then when Jim Lights came into the picture and, you know, all those guys and Mr. Hicks allowing Doug Armstrong and Bob Ganey to do what they wanted to do as far as bringing those kind of players in here and uh, the money that they had to spend at the time to get, you know, keep Mo here and bring in Neuendijk and Zubov and Hatch and, you know, all the key figures that, you know, were taken care of. I mean, we were all taken care of and, and you're right. And most of all, but it really, a lot of us were, we're loving the fans. I mean, the fans came in here and, um, you know, something that was new to them being football fans and for the most part. And, um, so there was a process and I give, you know, guys like razor and, and Ralphie a ton of credit because of what they did to, to kind of educate, um, the fans here that, you know, they weren't used to the rules and they, you know, they don't know what an icing is versus a hooking or a tripping. They just, they know that the guys were, skating around on these little skinny blades and they would fight and they'd hit people. And, and then all of a sudden uh, time went by, not too much time, but time went by and they figured out who Mike Madonna was and who Sergei Zubov was and, and how special those guys were as players. And, you know, they're all, they've all, all those guys have landed where they should land, you know? And, and, and again, I just wonder if you ask these guys, <clears throat> I think I would know, but in the order, what's, what's the order Stanley cup hall of fame Jersey and the rafters. Like how, how would you rate those? Um, I know how I would rate them. Um, but I just, I'm curious, like I was listening to Mo this morning and I'll talk to him tonight. I mean, I might ask him if I remember, but I, I just wonder what's more important to them. Uh, Stanley cup or, or hall of fame. I, I would think that those two are, are above your Jersey going up in yeah, the stands. I would think so. But, but I just wonder where they rate it. You know, I, I'm curious because I, I've never really asked that question. I know for me, it, I mean, it, it's easy for me to say, cause I know it's never going to happen. But for me, I think <laughs> I would, I would say Stanley cup. I mean, you play all, I think you, we all play this game or whatever sport you, you anybody's involved in, you ultimately play it to win, you, to win championships. And so I'm just wondering how many of these guys, are, have ever said, man, I, I just dreamed of the day I'd get to the hall of fame. I, I, I don't know. I've never heard anybody say that, but anyway, 
Um, it'll be a good night, you know, and, and like I said, and, and Zuby, I hope, well, they will. I, I, I'm <laughs> probably looking forward the most to his speech because he's not a guy that likes to talk. And if I remember right, the other guys did have to say something. Mm -hmm. I know none of them really want to. Sure. But um, I don't know if he can, you know, did you see the Pronger one in St. Louis by any chance? Yeah, briefly, yeah. Okay, so you know where I'm going with this with Zuby. Like Pronger, if you saw Chris Pronger, uh, great speech, did a great job with the St. Louis Blues when they they put his jersey up there uh, a week or two ago. And he, he, he put a, you know, he put a button on it by cracking open a Bud Light and, mm -hmm. and, and chugged it. And I mean, chugged it good for him. Like that, that's what makes me proud. Yeah. And he, he slammed it. And the only thing he didn't do, uh, I wish you would have said this Bud's for you. I mean, it's St. Louis, <laughs> it's a Budweiser town, sure, whatever, sure. but he did a great job. I will, I hope the whole thing goes down the same way and i want zuby to reach in his pocket and crack out a pack of demoriers or or Hall, whatever the cigarette brands are and just spark up a couple of i would just i i would laugh I, I in fact i may bring that up to him but i don't know if uh you know what i don't think we're gonna see him i saw a note the other day i don't think we're gonna see him before oh. we get to the rink before we get to the rink we'll see him at the rink before we go on the ice but um, you know, we're all going to meet. And I, I think uh, a lot of us are going to be, I think it's at the W at uh, four or five o'clock, whatever, um, before we do the little walk into the building. So, uh, but it'll be fun. I mean, like I said, the best part about it, is, my biggest issue is I don't remember, I don't know any wives' names. I mean, that's always my panic. I, I'll just look at him <laughs> and say, hey, you introduce yourself first. And then, then I'll, you know, because I can't do the whole, hi, this is uh, Sean Chambers. And this is, you know what I mean? One of those kind of deals. I, I, I choke on that stuff. So I just kind of avoid them all. I don't think they like me to start with, so it, it's okay. I, I don't mind that, that part. Who are you I most excited? Guy. I was Who? never a couples guy. Right. Right. Who are you most excited to rib? Most to rib? Yeah. Um, you know what? I, there, there's nobody I'm going to rib. I, you know, that'll come, you know, it'll come after a few beers. Okay. I'll probably, I'm, I'm just excited to see. I'm, you know, it, I'm disappointed. I, and I'm going to send a little uh, message here to one of the guys over at the NHL Network. Um, you know, they've done a great job. You know what, though, I don't like is I don't like how there's so much cover. And he deserves it. They all deserve it. Because uh, Henrik Lundqvist is, is having his jersey retired tonight also. Now, these guys, you know, played for the same organization, the Rangers at one time. Um, so Zubies is going up tonight and Lundqvist is going up tonight. But there is so much talk about Henrik Lundqvist. And again, I think that that may have to do with, you know, a lot of things. I hear a lot of people on the West Coast complain about the coverage of their teams. And again, there is a big time change and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I'm getting off track here. They're talking about, you know, when you talk about Zubov, you're naturally going to talk about the defense, right? And so they, they'll talk about Zuby and, and Sador and Hatch and Maddie and my name comes up. I don't hear them talk about Sean Chambers, Bundy. And, and he was, he was a big part of our team also. So I got to send a, if you're going to bring up, you know, two guys or four guys, you bring up all six, in my opinion, I haven't even heard Luke's Luke's name either. Brad Lukowicz was, uh, you know, involved in, in all this too. So anyway, um, just another one of my useless ramps, but um, no, I think to start, it's going to be about, Hey, what you've been doing. You know, we, we all kind of keep in contact. There's a couple guys that, you know, maybe not so much, but for the most part, the Madonnas and guys like that. So, um, but it'll be a good time. And, and that's really what it's about. It's a cell it's celebrating. And, you know, I told you before, I, I had Zuby for a roommate 
I can't even say one night, but somehow we they put us together and I think we checked into the room at four and Juby Juby checked out at about midnight or one. He had enough of me by then already. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know if I can call him roomy. What is Craig Ludwig's attire for tonight? Uh, well, for Zubov, I went over to the big and tall place yesterday, as a matter of fact. Wow. I bought a new shirt and a new tie. Yep, yep. So, <clears throat> you know, we all got to wear suit and ties and all that kind of junk. And it, it'll, it'll come off as soon as the thing is over with. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I'm sure a lot of these guys will be wearing, you know, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar suits. And I'll just come in with my, you know, off the rack, uh, looks like a gunny sack and I'll, I'll paint it up with a, with a new tie and a pocket square. That's about it. Refresh my memory. I mean, when he played for the stars, was he the only Russian on the team? Uh, yes. I want to say the only other Russian that I can remember, and this is a name that goes back, and we could never even figure out why he was there, was the great Makarov. And um, he came in early on when we first got there. And for people who don't know, there was, what do you know, remember the line? Krutov, Makarov, and whoever the other guy was on that Russian line? Barely, yeah, barely. Yeah, but Makarov was like, he was the dude. And somehow Bob Gainey got him to come. He actually sat in a stall next to me at at our practice rink. And I remember our trainers having to come over and help him tie his skates. So he didn't really keep himself in shape that well. But um, but that's the only other Russian player that I can remember that uh, we've had. And I thought Zuby was the only one. But I could be way off. So, oh, uh, no, there was a defenseman. Uh, uh, started with a G. He wasn't here long, but... Um, we had a Russian defenseman at the time, too. I just asked I that about, like, the communication and... Well, see, listen, so that's a whole thing. That's Zuby's thing. Zuby can talk and speak English. Zuby is not a media guy. And I, you know, I think we figured out after a little bit, like he wouldn't do a lot of interviews and he always felt bad because, you know, his, his, the language thing, eh, he could speak fine. So, um, so I just think, and Zuby is not a media guy, which is, I think one of the things I love about it is, you know, there are the players that you play with. And as soon as the cameras come in and the, you know, the, the media guys come in, they kind of somehow end up really close to them and they like talking, which is great. Cause you need those guys. Um, but Zuby was the guy that Zuby, I swear to God, he had a zipper on his, on his uniform. That thing was off, hung up. And in, in the shower, having a cigarette before I could even, I, I mean, I didn't even have my jersey on. And you could see the, you could see the rolls of smoke coming out of the shower, although he, he denied it was him. <laughs> so we're all sitting in there. And, but anyway, so yeah, Zuby, Zuby made sure that, um, you know, he didn't have to put himself in that spot uh, to, you know, and the one guy he'd always talked to was Mike Heika. And, and Mike is a great guy. And that was more, that was more of one-on-one talking to, I, I, I think it was more the, the, on the radio and especially on the TV stuff. He kind of, I think he tried to avoid. You, you know, when I was thinking back of his career and thinking of what I remember of Sergei Zuboff, and I mean this in the utmost, you know, the utmost complimentary way, I always felt as though like, the game for him was in slow motion and watching him was just so fascinating. The calmness and the control he displayed on the ice. Am I, is, is that a good description? Oh, you're dead on hundred percent. I I think it's, 
I think it's like a NASCAR driver when, when you, you hear them talk about it, when that crap, you know, they're going 190 miles an hour and, you know, Indy are going 250 miles an hour. But when it, when a crash is coming, everything speeds down for them. And you, we wonder all the time, how the hell did they get out of that? And how did, you know, but, and, and it's happened to me a couple of times on my, on my bike and I had a couple bad little incidences, but, and even, and I think it can't, and even when I was racing snowmobiles, when I was a young kid, it, things just slow down. And, and I think for Zuby, that's what happens. Like the panic that, that we are me, I'm not going to speak for those other guys, but the panic that I have when I have the puck and, and somebody was coming at me or you're on the offensive blue line, or, you know, you're in a dangerous area of the ice, it was panic and you didn't want to make the mistake. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is they have so much confidence in their ability that the last thing they think about is making a mistake. They're, they're just thinking about how do I make the best play possible? And so, you know, for me, it was like, I'm always thinking about the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that could happen is I actually have the puck. That's number one. So what do I do? I give it to Zuby right away, or I give it to Madan or, or whoever is next to me. Zuby wanted the puck and he could make, and I've told him, you may remember this, but when I was playing with Zuby and you'd be on the offensive blue line and there'd be, you know, guys coming at him on the, and he's just standing there and they're getting within three feet two and a half to, I would turn and start heading back to my own end thinking he's turning this thing over. I got to be ready for two on one and it wouldn't happen. He'd make some move. He'd make some little pass. He'd side zigzag. And, and next thing you know, he set up more or new and Dyke or let's or somebody like that for a, a great scoring chance. And, and, and John Klingberg's very similar to that. You know, mm -hmm. Klinger's got, these guys have ice in their veins when they have the puck. And, um, but yeah, he, like he slowed the game down. He slowed it down to his pace. I mean, he was more in the way that Hitch had us play. And that was a sex successful for our team was a North South game. You know, we'd move the puck up, we'd get to the red line and we'd make sure the puck went in and Zuby was an East West player and he liked to slow it down. He would get the pucks offensive blue line area. And if it bobbled out, before you knew it, he was at the top of the circles in our own zone with the puck, waiting for guys to kind of regroup. I think that's the Russian way, probably. I mean, we know that when the Russians came over and played, and if you ever anybody ever had an opportunity to watch the Russians play, they, they would get to the offensive blue line, and if they don't like what they see, they turn it back. They come back into the neutral zone, they regroup where you know we were, and, and you'll see that happen a little, a lot more often now than than we ever did it. But um, so it's a different philosophy, but he was the perfect guy um, on any team. I'm not going to say just on this team. I'll never understand the whole New York thing and the, and the Pittsburgh thing. And, you know, and I think he was trying to figure out what was going on, too. I, I think the one thing and I was talking to Heike about this the other day is the one thing about Zuby he doesn't get enough credit for is the way that he played without the puck, which didn't happen often because he usually had it but he was a great defender. He wanted to kill penalties. He wanted to be in the defensive zone on face-offs where you typically say, okay, offensive guys, you know, they do their work at the other end of the rink. And that wasn't the case with Zuby. Uh, nobody, I think everybody underestimates how strong this guy was. Um, I cannot remember. I can't remember a lot of things now, but I can never, I could never remember a time when Zuby got beat out of the corner by an opponent. Like you just didn't beat him out of the corner. He either took the puck away from him or he was strong enough to pin him in there. And then somebody come and pick it up, you know, which was usually our job, go in, finish somebody, hit him, make sure he doesn't come out of the corner with the puck. Zuby, he was the same guy, but he, all of his 
um, accolades and everything he's known for is what he did with the puck, which he should be. And I think that's the, the other side is what, what kind of gets missed, the kind of defender yeah. he was. So uh, he's just, a, again, just underrated in that category, but deserving of, of all the rest. That's a terrific perspective. He's Craig Ludwig, teammate of Sergei Zuboff. They're celebrating Sergei Zuboff at the AAC. That will happen, if you're listening now, that will happen on Friday night against the Washington Capitals. That's a great point about defensively because – you know, he wasn't one of those guys that showed constant physicality, but at the same time, when he hits you, I felt as though it had meaning. And, I, you know, I like that about him. The other thing I remember is the accuracy of the slap shot from the point and how Stars fans were just waiting for that shot to get back to the point because it was going to be, you know, accurate and it was, boy, it was a good slap shot. Yeah, he had a great shot, but he didn't use it a ton. I mean, he was his first priority was always looking for somebody else. Mm-hmm. He he was a pass first guy, and and I think it took a little bit of time for for our top guys to figure that out. And and I you know there was one time I was part of a conversation, and I think it was Mo, it was either Mo or Holly, and and it was like they were slowing down, they were they were slowing up for a play that that they were looking for. And Zuby, I remember him saying, don't slow up. Go to where you're going to go. I'll just get it to you. And, and I think they kind of looked like, what? And because they'd be going through players or there'd be some traffic that that they didn't want to put Zuby in a position where he had to thread a needle and it would get knocked down. And that didn't happen. He's like, that's okay. I'll just lay it over here. Like, I already know where you're going. The puck will be there when you get there. And, and I think that's when it, when it all kind of changed for – for those players, you know, again, meaning Neuendijk and, and, and Hull, and I always mention the top guys, Keen, all these guys that um, they were, okay, well, you know, we played with a lot of these other guys and, you know, they're not going to go through somebody's skates or, or throw a saucer 30 feet away and have it land on our tape. And, you know, it, it would look like a, a softball coming over there, bouncing around on the field. And, and for, for Zuby, it would, it would be, and he hated passing heart. Like he was not that guy um he he was a finesse guy and and i think uh when it got to the point where where those guys like oh yeah then that's why all those guys want to be on the ice with him because they didn't have to change their game zuby zuby's like don't change just go holly go you're going to be over here i know where you like to be for that one timer mo you you skate 60 miles an hour don't worry about there's someone there when you come out of that pile the puck will be there it'll be on the other side of that pile and it was And, and i think that's why i think that's why all these guys just wanted to be on the ice with him all the time because he was, you know, I've never seen anything like it. You know, I had the, I had the luxury in my career of playing with guys that are in the Hall of Fame as partners, and you know, a couple of them, Chelios, Larry Robinson, but they all had different characteristics. Larry was big bird; they knew him as that. He could he could bring the puck up the ice, but he was physical. He would fight. You know, he he could play thirty minutes a game. Chelly was a shit disturber. You know, in your face kind of guy. He, he was uglier doing the things that he did choppy, but he always got things done, played for 20 plus years. Zuby, like you said, everything was, it was like watch if, and I never watched one, but I mean, if you're watching a ballet and these guys, like everything was uh, choreographed, like he, it was like, he's done it over and over again. And there was no fear. There was poise, patience in his game. Um, and and it was like you couldn't believe as he went up the ice. I swear to God, he moves faster when his skates weren't his legs weren't going. 
hmm. would be going east-west and he's going faster than when he's actually skating up the ice. So head always up, never looked at the puck, you know, always was able to survey what was ahead of him and where everything was going. So I, I'm sure that, I, I think I even heard Hitch say, uh, Hitchcock, he was one of the only guys he never coached. And that's a hard thing for Hitch. And I think he said he talked to him in all the years that he had him, six, seven, eight years, whatever it was, he talked to him like three times. They just let Zuby be, you don't, you don't coach those guys. You know, you just let them do their thing. And they should really, in fact, Hitch even said that he really thought that Zuby changed the whole power play for the league because your typical power play is a box plus one. You know, you kind of two guys down low, two guys up high, you know, and, and then a guy in the middle of the ice. And Zuby's the one that turned it. And he said, you know, we're going we're gonna to play one three one. And so you, you, there'd be one defenseman on the point, two wingers here, and another guy in front of the net. And, and I think it changed to where they didn't use two defensemen. We don't need two defensemen. We only need Zuby, and we can put four skilled forwards out there. And, and I think that has kind of changed uh, the way every power play is run now. It would be really cool if, and I know there's so many things going on tonight, if uh, Alex Ovechkin took a moment and celebrated as well. Oh, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're having a cigarette or a dart or, I don't know, <laughs> cognac or something together this afternoon or after the game. But I, the, the one thing you can say about those, that's a, and, and Kuznetsov, all these guys, I think the Russian community is very, very tight. It doesn't matter if you played together. Uh, or not and and so I'm sure it wouldn't even surprise me you know as you're walking out there you know you might see a stick tap or him skate off the ice or uh, and I'm, I'm curious you know I think for a lot of these presentations they don't they don't bring the other team out there you know because yeah. it is lengthy you know I think it's starting at well the game starts at what eight o'clock tonight I think so it's a I was surprised on that but I think this thing starts at like six um, you know, so they guys got to get out and get their warm up and stuff like that. But it'd be interesting. I mean, I I know that when we uh, when we went back to Minnesota, or we went when we were in Minnesota, and I just happened to be we were playing Montreal uh, the night that it was the last game in the Forum, and uh, before they shut it down. And so about six of us went out there and sat on the bench and watched the whole person. We weren't invited out there as a team or anything like that, and they don't want to put that on other teams uh, because it's a you know lengthy kind of do you know, doings that they got going on. We went out and, and watched it. And so it wouldn't surprise me tonight if, if those guys are sitting on the bench watching us. Yeah, that, that truly would be great and uh, well-deserved uh, accolades. And you mentioned Chelios and boy, every time, I don't know if you do this as a former teammate, but every time I see Joe Pavelski just getting it done game after game, Chelios comes to mind because to me, even though they're different positions, like how they are like playing at an elite level at their age right now, it's just phenomenal. Well, it's called hockey IQ. And and I think for Joe, you know, it, again, it just keeps on going and going and going for this guy. And, you know, he's in the top 10 in scoring in the league. And so, but when you watch Joe play, as many times as he makes a good pass to those two guys, Hintz or Robertson, the other times he recognizes that, he's running on a runway and he can't get it to him. The puck goes in. He just doesn't make the costly mistakes. He doesn't create the turnovers and, and he knows who he's playing with. And he knows these are the two guys that I'll, I'll get my points. I'm going to get my opportunities. And he just knows. I mean, he's, and again, th- these guys are special. 
They're, they're special because they see things that, you know, 70% of the players in the league don't see. And it's probably less than that. But, um, you know, they just have that knack and he just keeps getting better and better. And we talked about him last week and he's making it more difficult on your management team to figure out when do I offer him something to come back here next year and make sure that, because again, what happens if Pavelski doesn't come back and then next year, whoever plays with Robertson and Hints, they don't have the same success, right? To me, that would be the biggest fear because they're all going to point back to should have brought him back, even if you got to sign him for two years, but you only want him for one or sign him to three. If you only want him for two, you may have to pay him a little extra, give him a little more term than what you're comfortable with because of the, the progression and the way these two guys are coming along. Because at the end of the day, those are the guys that are going to be your go-to guys. If they're not already, but they're, they're in the position that they are, they're good players. I just think that they're, their incline has been expedited because they're playing with Pavelski. I don't know if these two guys would be doing the same thing. So especially Robertson so early in their career, if it wasn't for Joe uh, being able to mentor them in a way, mm -hmm. uh, talk to them through different situations and games and offensive places to be, Hey, slow down a little bit, speed up a little bit, all the things that he's probably relaying to these guys. So um, yeah, he, he has been, he's been exceptional and it just keeps, keeps on going and going. Now we'll see what happens here coming up because the stars of the group, their, their schedule, you know, we talked about this too. I mean, they're, they needed to do what they did last week, the last 10 days they needed that, that got them back into a spot. They're not in a spot as of today, but they're a hell of a lot closer to a playoff spot than they yeah. were. Yeah. And it's, it was important for them, but now, you know, now they've got some opponents coming up sure and, thing. and the good news is it's at home, yep. you know, and they're, they're a good team at home. And, but, but I mean, you're looking in your start tonight and then you got Boston coming in here. And then I think it's Calgary after that, then they go on their break, but you know, they're going to have some, some guys that are some teams that are in positions in the playoffs right now, Nashville, couple games with Colorado who just are rolling, which we all figured that was going to happen. So, you know, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, this is a spot that's going to determine it. Well, I'm going to say it again. The next <laughs> six, seven games is, is what's going to determine it. Well, um, I, so. I, I think that's a great point, Craig, because, you know, there is that one side that can, you can say like, well, yeah, I mean, look who you played. But at the same time, they're on your schedule every year, minus the COVID year. You have to beat the people that are put in front of you. So, you know, hopefully you can create some momentum. Um, and I was wondering also, getting back to Pavelski, from a player's perspective, Craig, when you were with teammates that you propelled them, but they also propelled you, there was a chemistry there, similar to what he had in San Jose with Joe Thornton. Does that make you want to stay as well? I mean, minus the minus the money, but at some point, does it click in like, boy, I got something special going with these two young kids? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, again, Joe, Joe is, I, I don't know his numbers offhand, but he's close to 500 goals. You know, he's not far away from that mark. And the only thing missing, obviously, for Pavelski is, is a championship. And so I look at Joe and say, okay, Look at his numbers, look at his goals. 
is this a Hall of Fame guy? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And but in, and so the point is, he you can't say yes, he's a Hall of Fame guy. You know, I mean, because there's you know we can talk about a Joe Thornton and guys like that. They're going to go to the Hall of Fame, even though they didn't win the big one. And I don't that that really shouldn't have anything to do with the getting into the Hall of Fame. But you have to have Hall of Fame stats. We know that it happens in every every sport, I suppose. And and I think that's a that's a benchmark for a lot of these guys, you know, uh, forwards is, is that 500 goals. Yeah. And so and that'll be I'm, that'll be tough. It'll. I mean, he's got 413 right now. Achievable, yes, but. You know, well, he'll get he, close. He, he, you don't think he can get where you don't think he can get another 20 goals this year? Ah, uh, well, wait, how many games they got left? 40? Yeah, they have uh 42. He's got no, 19 you know what? goals, maybe, maybe 15. 12 to 15 is okay, is a little more doable. So if he plays for another two years, whether it's here or not, and he gets 20 a year, that's uh, what 40, 50, 60 goals. He's knocking on the door, isn't he? He's somewhere yeah. around 480. Well, yeah, absolutely. What is achievable, which I think gets you in the Hall of Fame, is a thousand point. Well, now he's at eight and eight ninety one, so he's far. No, he he can get a thousand points. Yeah. So yeah, you know, close to five hundred goals, a thousand points, tenure in the league. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, that that's not a that's not a number that's a surefire thing to get. I mean, let's look talk about Pat Verbeek. Beaker's at 600 goals, I think. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get I don't, that. I don't understand it. It's like, you know, Brad Marchand in, in Boston. He Everybody, he's a he's a first, you know, he's walking through the door. And and he probably is. But Pat Verbeek, I mean, he's got more goals. Beaker's got more goals than Marchand. Now, Beaker's got a Stanley Cup. Marchand's got a Stanley Cup. They, they kind of play similar. You know, Beaker was a little slower, but, you know, Marchand's a little more gifted uh, playmaker but anyway um I, I just think that that conversation comes up when you talk about bringing joe back um or not uh, and i think joe is a smart guy to know that hey you know there there's salary cap issues with you know 60 percent of the teams in the league this, this is a team that's that's capped out uh what are they going to do you know are they going to move this but if they're moving this they're bringing something else in you know it, it seems like you know, Mr. Gillardy is the kind of guy that says, listen, we can spend to the cap and, but I want to be rewarded for spending to the cap. So if we're going to do this, let's, let's, if we have to move a couple guys, we got to bring a couple guys in and we, you know, we're not a rebuilding. We're not in a rebuild and um, it's a retool. Maybe I don't, I don't know if it means anything, but, um, but anyway, you know, I don't think he's, would another team pay him 8 million? He's making seven now or seven and a half now with another team paying for a couple of years. And, but then again, here's the other thing is like, are, do you go to him? We talked about this before. You can't now because this team is, you're not going to go to Joe and say, listen, you know, if you want, we can, you can go ahead. And you, if, if Colorado wants you or Vegas wants you or the Rangers want you, but you can come back and re-sign here in the summer. You can't do that now because <laughs> yeah. that that's just, you know, that's basically sending the wrong message to your team, wrong message to your fans. Um, that's why I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, th this could be really hard for Jim Nail or, or, or really another word, if you want to call it really super easy and say, we're moving these guys. We're not moving guys. We know we've got rads. We've got Klingberg. We got Pavelski and, but now you, when you're you're on the line, you know you you can't. If anything, and a lot of teams will add, but you got to make sure if you're adding, you're obviously giving something up. 
And are we really in a position to win a Stanley Cup to to give away whatever some team's asking for? So yeah. uh, I'm sure there's some tough conversations going on upstairs. Yeah, I thought Rad's had a really nice trip. It's good to good to, he, good to he, see him. He back. looks rejuvenated. Yeah, he looks he regenerated. Does. He's skating. His feet are moving. He's making the plays that he makes. He I thought he's looked really good. Yeah, he he certainly did. Um, getting back to Pat Verbeek, nearly 1,500 games played, 1,424, 522 goals, 540 assists, 1,062 points. Maybe it's the minus 46 on the ice. <laughs> how many how many penalty minutes? Oh, wow. Is he close to 2,500? Uh, you know, I do not have penalty minutes on this stat sheet. I will have to check that out for you. Well, the, the question for me is, all those numbers, somebody tell me why. Why is that guy, not, his name doesn't come up. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. I, I don't, it, 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 it's mind-boggling to me. And, you know, he's got a lifetime, and now he's in management, and Steve Eiserman and him, you know, Eiserman thinks he's got definitely uh, – what he needs to be an executive because Eiserman had him in Tampa and then he brought him with him to Detroit. And, um, you know, so I, I just, it, it, uh, again, it just puzzles me that, that a guy like that isn't, I, I just, I just wish they'd bring his name up. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like uh, you, re- just, you ready for this? Pim's <laughs> career. 2009. Yeah. Yep. So he's close to 3000. So, it tells you the kind of player he was. He spent, he did his time in the sin bin, but he still put up those kind of points. And he and and if you ask, if you ask people about Brad Marchand that are his opponents, they will tell you he hates them. And then in the same breath, they're going to tell you that I love him on my team. And that's exactly who Pat Verbeek was. I hated playing against him when he was in Hartford. Mm-hmm. I hated him. I hated him. I hated him. <laughs> and when he got here, I sat next to him. I hated him for bragging about going out and buying a brand new dually and a boat and still had $50,000 left over on his check. But the, the point was, is that he, he was that guy all the time. He was an agitator all the time, but you could count on him to take a punch in the face or go create something to, to create momentum for your team. And then he just hung around the net and scored goals. Hmm. So, you know, again, I, uh, I'm like the Pat for beak fan club here now, but no, I'm just I, I think that's a, that's a great perspective. Here's another player, 17 years in the league, 1,256 games played 38 goals, 184 assists. That sounds like a loser. <laughs> 1437 penalty minutes yeah that's a loser right there that that guy could that guy's working on getting into the eagle river wisconsin oh no wait i'm in that one i'm in that one we got 1200 people in our hometown i'm in that one are you yes that's the wisconsin hall of fame too the the state of wisconsin sports athletic hall of fame yeah something like yeah Yeah. whatever it's (laughs) don't say something like that you're hall of famer No, I like that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know where that ring. I don't know where that ring went. I, I I say that because I'm in the Curry College Hall of Fame for tennis. The what? <laughs> yeah, my college. I'm in the Hall of Fame for tennis. <laughs> Here we go on the tennis thing again. Every week you have a way of getting that your. Tennis I do. I do. <laughs> I do. You know, it's like when the Australian Open is on right now. Like all of a sudden, I'm an expert on it. <laughs> well, of course you are. 
You think you're an expert on everything. Oh, you are in the media. I mean, that's what you guys do. The good thing about media, though, you always got the last say, don't you? You got the, I mean, yeah, no, that's the way it is. That's what, that was one of the things that we learned early on is like, hey, just telling you, you want a sewer guy, don't sewer them guys because they can, some, you know, they have a lot of listeners, a lot of followers. And a lot of times what these guys say, a lot of people believe. So you got to be careful. You're in a safe space here, Mr. Ludwig. Yeah. All right. Well, I will be cheering for you loud tonight. <laughs> All right. Just just hope I don't trip on the carpet on the way I, out. You know, I was wondering how many Frosties are going down pre-carpet. Oh, I could get a dozen in easy before that thing oh, takes my. off today. Well, you have my number. So drunk dial me or I'll be your Uber. <laughs> no, no. No, sorry. I already got that handle. All right. All right. And this, no. this, and this one's wearing a dress. So, well, you, you'd probably be wearing a dress. Ah, yes. I knew you that might was be wearing coming. a dress, too, but this I one looks better it. in a dress than you. I knew it. I yeah. knew it. I, yeah, this one will look a lot better in that dress than you normally do in my heels. <laughs> Don't be talking about my Saturday night activities. Yeah. <laughs> well, enjoy tonight and say hi to all the boys. And uh, it's great to see all you guys back together. And uh, it's been uh, fun recapping uh, what Sergei Zuboff was all about and some uh, memories and stuff like that. And, hey, it's great that the Stars are on a winning streak, and hopefully they can have a, a good weekend against the Caps and the uh, Bruins. Craig, have a great time tonight. Thanks so much on a, uh, on a busy Friday for joining us. All right. My pleasure. And that's going to do it for another edition of Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for listening, everybody.